Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Coming in hot on New Year's Eve. I am your host, Hemahimuli Jr. Joining me on the ones and twos is the digital deacon himself, Sean Walker. Emma, I thought I told you, you're not supposed to actually date these podcasts because who knows if these people are going to listen to it on New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve, right, everybody. Cat's out of the bag. Dude, this year's been Cats so long that I can't help but be excited for the end of it. I I mean, seriously, this year has been going on for like five years. It's like dog years. I, I feel like this year has taken at least seven years off of my life. For real. If I'm being totally honest. Like, I don't want to preamble too much because we've got some recap pods Yeah. that we need to do. We're going to talk about Real Salt Lake. We're going to talk about the uh, Utah Royals FC. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the RSL Pyramid, if you will, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't really want to preamble too much, but this has been a really long year. So long, in fact. Really long. Let's get right into it. I mean, we were talking about uh, all things soccer here in the 801, and... Uh, you were talking about how the Royals had their first season this year, and I couldn't believe it because I felt like that happened five years ago, but it didn't. That's just how long this year's felt. Um, but let's start off at the top. I mean, RSL, the main team, the premier team, they were back in the playoffs, man. Uh, they made it back. I, I guess you can say they were back in the playoff group. <laughs> no, that will not leak into our beloved soccer. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're back. Uh, they beat LAFC in the, that first round, um, which was surprising because they are a, uh, LAFC at the time was a hot team and, um, it was a great, Oh, are you playing? Oh, no. You're, you're not into this? I love this song. You're not into this? <laughs> um, this is this is jazz, so uh, let's keep it segregated from uh, but, but, RSL. But RSL's back in the playoff group. They are. They are. Um... But yeah, so like, um, RSL goes back to the playoffs, beat LAFC, but then they just couldn't get over uh, beating our our nemesis, our Vader to our Obi Wan, uh, <laughs> Kansas City. Which which one's Darth Vader and which one's Obi Wan? <laughs> oh well. Obviously, RSL is Obi Wan for us. I mean, uh, I think the good people of Kansas City would would say that sporting is. There are no good people Obi-Wan. in Kansas City. Okay, that's my brother in laws from Kansas City. That's fair. There so are no good people. That means in you're allowed <laughs> to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just rough, man. We couldn't we couldn't beat them, um, and uh, it was kind of depressing. But you know, it is a step in the right direction. Um, so I think I think we're we're getting there. Um, I don't know. What did you think about just, the season? I just want to take I just want to take RSL fans back to the beginning of the year, coming off of last season, when Real Salt Lake misses the playoffs by one point, one point on decision day. Mm-hmm. Um, not technically on decision day, I guess, but whatever. They miss the playoffs by one point, and everybody is so upset, uh, even a little bit angry 
as fans are allowed to be. Even the organization's a little bit angry. Disappointed. Uh, yeah. And, and Disappointed yeah. is probably a better word. But I think there was a little Some, bit there of was anger, a little anger. That out, uh, over not making the playoffs because they felt like they had deserved it. They had worked hard. They obviously they, they started that midseason tear right around mid-July, mm-hmm. and they were just on fire all the way into late September uh, when the regular season ended. And to not make the playoffs really left a bitter taste in their mouth. Uh, so they retooled. They brought in a couple new faces, uh, most notably a guy named Demir Krylock. Have you mm-hmm. heard of him? Have you heard of Demir Krylock? I have. Well, the shot eventually arriving from Albert. Oh! Oh, what a shot! Unbelievable! RSL have equalized. How do you react? The ball pops up. Watch this for simple fundamental technique. Oh! Amazing. Krylak has had, what, maybe two chances on the night, and both of them have been textbook finishing. Demir Krylak, a.k.a. the Karate Kid. The crane kick heard around the world. Yeah, he was a pretty big offseason acquisition, I would say. Um, They also signed Academy Kid, Corey Baird, who we'll get to in a moment. Yes, sir. That was another pretty big acquisition, I would say. Uh Um, They they re-re-added Kyle Beckerman and Nick Romano to long-term deals, which I think was very important. So they kind of retooled in the offseason, and everything really built, everything really kind of built up towards RSL's not missing the playoffs again. Mm. Um, like, the organization, if nothing else, they needed their their uh, meta numero uno, their mm-hmm. primo goal of the 2018 season was to get back to the postseason. And they did that. And they gave us a pretty good postseason run. In the meantime, they, they go on the road, and they went at LAFC, a team that Need I remind you, beat them 5-1 at Rio Tinto mm-hmm. Stadium. Um, they, I mean, they, they did what they set out to do. They did what they needed to accomplish. So sometimes we, we get in the habit of, you know, wondering if a team has overachieved or underachieved in a given season. And I know it's, it's really hard to kind of look at it through emotion and a stinging loss and, and that kind of thing right mm-hmm. away at the end of the season. Sometimes teams just kind of achieve. Right. Though. And I feel like RSL achieved this year. Yeah. They didn't overachieve sure. by any means, but they didn't <laughs> underachieve at all. They they had a goal. They want to get back to the playoffs. They did that. They accomplished that goal. They put in a little bit of a run, mm-hmm. but not too much of a run, which leaves them wanting a little bit more, but also knowing that, hey, you know, there was this goal. You know, the players all know there was we had a goal. We put our minds to this goal. We accomplished that goal. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And it, and it is kind of a... Uh, a spoiled attitude that I have expecting, you know, you obviously, if you have a sports team, you can't go to the playoffs every single time. There are notable exceptions to that rule, but like for the most part, you're not going to win all the time. Uh, And I think it's just, I remember the glory days as if they were yesterday. um, We were in, we were basically a shoe in for the Western conference. And like, it's just uh, hard to get used to, uh, you know, missing, barely missing the playoffs and then getting out in the second round. Like, it's well, just I hard. Think, I think RSL is close to being back to those glory days. I mean, they took a little bit of a dip from that 2009-10, even a little bit into the 2011 yeah. run where, you know, they win MLS Cup, they make it to the final of Con- CONCACAF Champions League. Um, 
but they didn't necessarily transition very well from kind of those glory days. Oh no, it they was held like, on. They held on to an aging core really long. The team they got blown up. Yeah, they didn't yeah. get younger very well. Uh, when they finally did decide to get younger, they went through a lot of growing pains. Didn't necessarily keep around some guys that maybe they should have mm-hmm. a few years ago, like a certain maestro in the midfield. Right. Um, I won't bring that up around RSL fans, <laughs> but but there were there were some mistakes that were made. Sure. And even RSL's front office will admit there were some mistakes that were made trying to maybe live out a certain generation for too long. And in professional sports, I mean, you're seeing that even with, like, the New England Patriots. Yeah, right. In professional sports, you can't rely on one generation <sighs> even for, the, for too long. And, like, the Warriors, like, yeah. you know, good things don't last forever. Yeah, you have to be constantly evolving and adapting and at the very least tweaking your system, trying to, to slowly bring in new players and slowly bring them along and, and, and move from generation to generation if you really want to build what we call quote-unquote dynasties, which may or may not actually exist in pro sports, but, yeah. I mean, for the sake of Alabama, we'll say they <laughs> It's just, Well, I mean, even Alabama, like, in the recent 10 years, maybe, like, le- less than that they've been good um but like and and so and so rsl didn't do a great job of kind of transitioning from that last great season and they took a pretty big dip but now i think they're starting to come back you can see you can just feel around the building when you're around rio tinto stadium when you're around this team when you're around this front office you can feel that something's different something's changing they're getting back they're not surpassing those glory days sure i don't think but they're slowly getting back. They're and it's not, there. yeah, it's not something that happens overnight. It doesn't, it doesn't even happen in one season. But there is an upward trajectory on this club, and I think you could see that through last season. And I think it has fans excited for 2019. I think the biggest reason why there's such a hopeful uptick in the quality of the team and the hopes of the RSL Nation is is that you can you can put most of it on Albert Rusnak and. The rookie of the year, Corey Baird. Those two guys. Is that a segue? That was a segue. Yeah. Those two guys, especially Corey Baird, have given me a lot of things to be excited about. Um, like you said, like there's going to be growing pains even still. You know, their their game's not perfect quite yet. But I mean, Corey Baird's had one hell of a season, and uh, it just it just has are we, me excited. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Um, hell is a place in uh, Michigan. Okay, that's so fair. Uh, that's fair. The, I mean, okay. So Corey, thank, you, thank you, Urban. <laughs> Corey Baird, you know, uh, this year eight goals, five assists. Um, incredible for like a first year, you know, player. Yeah, uh, and and very deservedly so. MLS Rookie of the Year really blew away the rest of the rookie field. He got forty percent of the votes from uh, league GMs, players, wow. and media. That's crazy. Forty percent. Uh, second place was uh, Philly's Mark McKenzie, who I think got something like 21% of the vote or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, he just he just blew away the field with what he was able to do in his first season. And this is, I, I think this is RSL's first ever Rookie of the Year nod. Um, yeah. Which seems important. Right. You know, it seems, it seems like a big deal. And you could tell this kid has something. that in, in games where he played and in games where he left an impact, notably where he either scored or had an assist. Uh-huh. RSL was 6-2-2 two and two on the year. Wow. When he when Corey Baird scored or had an assist. Yeah. Um so there's something there and he wasn't always consistent and and he's the first one to admit sure. that. You know. But he's a rookie. He's 22 years yeah. old. Yeah. Like I mean, he's he's not to the prime of his career yet. Yeah. If he can just keep improving on this year 
this guy really is the limit with this kid. Corey Baird is the uh, MLS equivalent of Donovan Mitchell right now. Oh, good call. I mean, he, I, but he actually won the Rookie of the Year. Award. Well, there wasn't a redshirt Rookie of the Year <laughs> to get in his way either. Sure, because voters weren't dumb. Shout out to Ben Simmons. <laughs> Um, Shout out to Ben Simmons, even if it wasn't an expletive race. Yeah, let's MLS. MLS is like, let's not get tally up the votes before the end of the regular season. Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, NBA, take note. Um, there. So Corey Baird is just, you know, he comes from a great, you know, soccer background. Also, shouts to Stanford BTW. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing my Stanford shirt right I now. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> um, RSL Academy kid, though. Yeah. Up, came up through the academy in Casa Grande, Arizona. He's from the San Diego area. I want to say Escondido. Okay. I think. Somewhere in the... It's in San Diego. He's yeah. from San Diego County. I know that. Shouts to yeah. Diego. Won three national championships at Stanford, though. Yeah. Two of them. They I were mean, a juggernaut. Yeah. Two of them. He, he and most of the Cardinal rode mm-hmm. the shoulders of some guy named Jordan Morris. You may have yeah. heard of him. Uh, but still, he won, he won three national championships. Like, this is a kid who's used to winning. He's yeah. come up winning. He was part of the glory days of the RSL Academy in the old U.S. DDDA. Mm-hmm. Um, and he keeps winning with Real Salt Lake. Yeah. I mean, I think fans are really excited to see what he does next. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, great great stuff from Corey Barrett. I, I hope to see more of him. Speaking of Stanford players, uh, another team here in the Wasatch Front has a lion's share of Stanford players on their team, <laughs> BTW. I've got a couple. I don't yeah. know if I'd say a lion's share. Well, the, some of the most exciting players to watch, I think, in uh, my opinion. A few of them. Um, a few of them. Utah Royals. We mentioned this earlier. I cannot believe that this was their first year. It really feels like seven years ago. It feels like we've had this team forever. Uh, I think part of it is the that RSL Nation – is really has really taken this team under their wing. They were super excited when we heard that we were getting them from uh, Kansas City and uh Deloy also was seemed to be really excited. Um even like giving these ladies what they've never had before in professional women's soccer, a locker room, uh f- really good facilities to play at. Uh specifically upgrading Rio Tinto Stadium so that the women's team had a locker area, locker room area mm-hmm. and players lounge that was on par with the men's team. Oh, yeah. I mean that's unheard of in the National Women's Soccer. League. Unreal. That is absolutely unheard of. Like even in the even in franchises like Houston and Orlando where uh-huh. they share some facilities with their MLS counterparts. Yeah. Um it's I don't want to get into too much trouble, but it's pretty clear that the women's team is kind of second tier to the men's no, team absolutely. in those organizations. Uh, and that's not even getting into like Sky Blue FC in New Jersey, right. or the Seattle Rain, uh, some of the stuff that they have to go through. Yeah, I think women's soccer is coming a long way in this country, uh, but I think it's organizations like what, like what Deloitte Hansen and yeah. Utah Royals FC are doing that's really bringing them kind of into. I've I've heard the term NWSL 2.0 uh, strung about the last couple of weeks, and I think we're on the we're on the precipice. We're coming up really closely to NWSL 2.0, uh, and it's because a, a large, I, I shouldn't give all the credit, but a, a big share of the credit goes to the Utah Royals. Yeah. Who are still a first-year franchise. Yeah, it's just crazy. And they didn't do too bad. I mean, um, you, you 
Nine, can... seven, and eight overall in their inaugural season. Yeah. Uh, they had, I think, three games where they played in front of more than 10,000 fans, which is all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I ten, I'm a little disappointed in, in average attendance numbers with this first-year franchise, but yeah. only because I had really high expectations for this market. This is a club um, where that I think the state of Utah has long embraced, has long needed. Because Utah is, and this is a little hot takey. Okay. So maybe Let's hear I it. should, maybe I should, I don't know. Do I need to preface this with, with, with something with like, like a drop here, like achievements or like a, I don't know, Mario or, or, or maybe like, I don't know. Well, my, my, my. Mike Leach or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the state of Utah is a women's soccer market. Oh, and and Real Salt Lake has done a great job of capturing the imagination of the state and turning turning Salt Lake City into a soccer town. I don't want to take anything away from them. No. But when you look at, at the overall history of the state, there has been so much passion and so much enthusiasm yeah. for girls girls and women's soccer in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue the best soccer player to ever come out of the state of Utah uh, currently plays for the Houston Dash in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Kelly Ojai, mm-hmm. who went on to a, a career at UNC, mm-hmm. um, played for Anson Dorans, who is a member of the LDS Church, mm-hmm. um, as well has deep ties to the state of Utah. Um, but uh, uh, Kalia played at, at Alta. Right. Her and her sister Megan. They were, won were, state, that, didn't they? Uh, three times. Three times. Yeah, her and her sister Megan were just rewriting the, the UHSA record book yeah. at Alta. Absolutely insane. And the state of Utah hasn't really had uh, a soccer player or maybe even an athlete to compare to Kalia Ojai. I mean, I think the closest thing you can see on the men's soccer side is maybe Justin Braun. Right. Who had a brief stop here in, in, in RSL and... with RSL. I don't even know where he is now, actually. I think he's currently with Indy 11 in the okay. USL. Um I might I might be wrong, but I think that was one of his last stops. Yeah, uh, he's probably the closest thing to Kalia, mm-hmm. but he's never busted into the national team. Yeah, uh, Kalia Ojai is pretty much a fixture right around a fringe fixture with yeah. the U.S. women's national team. Yeah, and did uh, did Skyline win the national or sorry state championship? I don't remember if they he went to Skyline, right? I th- I don't know if they won. I'll have to look it up. He played a year at Slick. That's all I remember. Okay, it's Justin. Um, but, but, and then, and then all the way down, even to the high school and the club level, yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got programs like Davis high school recently that sure. has been ranked in the top 25 nationally by max preps, uh, for something like seven, six or seven straight years. They went wow. ranked, uh, in the top 25 nationally. They won two mythical national championships, hmm. um, voted national championships. I by, remember by max preps or by, by USA Today. I remember my alma mater, Viewmont, won the women, girls soccer, won a state championship. Uh, oh man, I'm old. I don't remember how long ago it was, but it wasn't that long ago because one of my friends was on the team, and she's not that far removed from college. But yeah, I mean, women's soccer. Uh, I mean, that that's we didn't even mention like BYU. You know what I mean? Like, shout uh, out to Jen Rockwood. Uh, shout out to Coach Manning up at Utah as well. Who's yeah, doing some great Utah too. Over there, I, I mean, this is this is. I, I think I've rambled on enough in no, explaining that I, this is this is a women's soccer state, and then and men's soccer is is doing a really nice job of piggybacking off of the passion for women's. Yeah, soccer. I think it's fair to say that like RSL brought kind of the mainstream culture, uh, as far as like having a place to 
in, in Utah for people to like attach themselves to. But women's soccer, I mean, even if you like, even if men's soccer brought you in, you have to have fallen in love with the U.S. women's soccer because they're the best team in the world. And we can't say that about many sports in the United right, States. Right, right. And uh, if you are a fan of, U- of U.S. women's soccer, look at Utah's Utah Royals FC's roster man uh stanford alum kristen press probably one of the most beautiful players on the team by the way (laughs) um i hope your wife doesn't listen to this podcast oh my wife wholeheartedly agrees um so kristen press she is a a beautiful young woman kelly o'hara becky sauerbrunn the skipper right i mean a rod there's just it just goes on and on like it's just a bomb team and uh a lot to be excited about and a lot for our, uh, you know, girls here in Utah to look up to. Um, so I think it's super cool. Yeah. There's, there's still work to do with the Royals. They finished nine, seven and eight this year, which is okay. Uh, when you consider how fast they were trying to put the team together, really about 90 days from announcement to, um, to the beginning of this to training mm-hmm. camp, I think it was, uh, it's really it's a pretty remarkable feat, but there is still room to go. Um, I really liked, and maybe, maybe we'll come close to ending on this, but I really liked the the last time I spoke with Laura Harvey at the end of the season covering this year. One of the last things she said to me was, um, I truly believe that this club is going places. Jump on this train because it's going somewhere fast. Crazy. Coach Harvey's the best. And she's she only had a year to work with these girls. Yeah. So... Just imagine what she's going to do in the future. Yeah. She's already won two NWSL titles. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to believe she can't bring another one to Utah. Yeah. So uh, good stuff, man. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's that'll do it for the year in review um, for all things soccer in the state. Uh, thanks for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hema Hamuli Jr., the digital deacon himself, Sean Walker. Peace. We'll catch you guys later. See you at the riot.